And if they try to blackmail you, pull an Elon Musk with it. He's sitting there saying, really? You, Disney, and others are trying to blackmail me with money? Go f*** yourself. One of my favorite movies, Braveheart, where he's there and are you here to fight? No, we're going to run and we will live. And he said, fight, you may die, run, you'll live. And many years from now, when you're all laying in your beds, would you give every day from this day till that for one chance to come back here and tell our enemies they may take our lives, but they will not take our freedom. We have to be that kind of people. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Adaptive Leaders Podcast. Today, I have a special guest. He is the first person back on the podcast for a second appearance, founder of a multi-billion dollar fund, the founder of Child Liberation Foundation, and a man on a mission to eradicate child trafficking and liberate humanity. This episode, we get into a lot of topics that you're not going to see anywhere else. We don't talk about the topics that you'll normally see on this podcast. Get ready, grab some popcorn, and uh, buckle in because this is going to be a really, really good episode. None other than Paul Hutchinson. What's up, Paul? Thanks for coming on to the podcast. I still believe mm-hmm. that that the world is in for some big changes. You know that it's it's super naive for us to believe that we're not going to end up in some big time civil unrest. And you know, I think this war could easily expand. I mean, there's there's so many so many question marks as to what that looks like. But my role, my role has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. For for a long time, I, I'm going to rescue thousands of people when, they, when they're starving, when shit hits the fan. I'm not anybody's rescuer anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody, right? I, I'm taking care of my wife, my daughters, my kids, myself, my grandkids, period, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to raise 2,000 chickens so I have a whole bunch of eggs so that people have plenty of food. No, because it, it, it sends the wrong message too. I, my, all my neighbors are like, what, you think that you're here to save us? No, I'm right. not, right? Yeah. It was the wrong message. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was based in an ego space, right? And, and it was kind of based in a fear space, mm-hmm. right? Now, I do think that people should still prepare. I really do. I think that they ought to, to, to be aware at the potential challenges that could happen with a supply chain disruption with food, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a, I believe that I can help each individual go on their own rescue mission, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to rescue them. I'm going to rescue them from, from their addictions. I'm not going to rescue them from their childhood trauma. I'm not going to rescue them from being a shitty dad. I'm not going to rescue them when the food supply stops and they've got to figure out how to feed their family. But what I can do is share from my personal experiences things that I have learned so that they can learn how to plant their own gardens and raise their own chickens and 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 rescue their own 10-year-old within themselves that's holding them back, right? Mm-hmm. That it's a, it's a it's a shift in mindset from from this arrogant I'm going to save the world to mm. to I'm I'm here to share from my heart and do this from a position of love. Mm-hmm. And hopefully some of my stories and my experiences can help you mm-hmm. rescue you. When did you start transitioning out of that savior complex? It's been just the last year. Wow. Yeah. I think I think God had to hit me over the head mm. and and I had to lose a crap ton of money with the ranch. And I, I had to have all these people, all my neighbors saying, what are you building greenhouses so you can feed us when you don't think that we're smart enough to feed ourselves? Right. And, and, I, and I realized they're right. Mm. You know, no wonders they hate me for 
coming in. Hey, I'm going to save you. I'm Paul F. and Hutchinson. What do you mean hate you? What do you say? They hated you? Yeah, well, yeah, it was, it was like, it wasn't, I mean, I, I, I remember I was, I was getting, trying to get some permits to mm -hmm. put up some greenhouses and some extra cabin type things and whatever else. And I, I went to the city county planning meeting to get the approval. 150 plus people were there. All of my neighbors that, that had this big petition that was stopping me from all this stuff. Right. Wow. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, and they, 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 all these rumors were spread. Like mm. Paul is, Paul is starting this, 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 uh, uh, Paul, Paul has a militia that he's got coming in and he's, you know, all these military trucks. And I'm like, no, I've got the military trucks. Cause I mean, we've got this bulletproof armor company, whatever. But as I took a step back, I realized that, Hey, if they want to fix their own crap, they can fix their own crap. It's the wrong message for me to come in and pretend like I'm Paul F and Hutchinson. And I'm going to, I'm going to grow all these food and have all these chickens and have all this stuff so I can take care of everybody when crap hits the fan. They didn't even appreciate it. Mm. it. It hurt me for the fact that I thought that I was doing good, mm -hmm. but, and nobody cared. Wow. Yeah. And number two, I realized maybe that's the wrong thing to be doing anyway. Right. Mm. So that the 150 mm. people on the petition took you by surprise. Totally. Wow. I had no idea that there was that many people talking crap about us all the time there. Like, we're talking about a small town. I mean, how, how many tiny. people are in that town? There's maybe 10,000 people total uh, in, in, in Vernal area, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But up the canyon, I think I had all 150 of them. <laughs> oh my. Right? And they're all pissed. Right. Right. So I'm like, crap. I was here to help. Mm -hmm. I'm not anymore. I'm out. I sold all the chickens. Gone. Got rid of all the cows. Got, got, rid, of, got rid of all the alpacas. Got rid of all the everything. I'm mm -hmm. done. You know, like you invited us over to the ranch. And so I saw the ranch, beautiful ranch, beautiful so livestock, gorgeous. beautiful yeah. animals. Are you going to miss it? No, no. <laughs> that was so fast. No, I'm nope. not. I'm, I, you know, it cost me, it was costing me $30,000 a month mm -hmm. in payroll last winter. Cause we had four or five feet of snow, just $30,000 a month, just to feed the damn animals, mm -hmm. right? This is just to, to, to plow an area for them to feed the cows and take care of the chickens and all this crap. And, you know, and the, the electric bill just being taken care of because we were freeze drying the eggs. I didn't mm. know what to do with the eggs. I wanted to save them. I didn't want to, you know, throw them all away, but we were getting ready for when crap hit the mm. fan. We've got 2000 eggs a day that are being made, mm. but, and I, and I can't, I can't even sell the, the regular eggs. We're trying to sell them to farmer's market. I couldn't sell them for as much as it cost me in feed and employees just to run the thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm not a farmer. That's what I've learned for mm -hmm. sure, mm -hmm. right? What I can do is say, okay, Paul, what are your strengths and what can you contribute? And, and those strengths are, well, I'm able to speak. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can share from the heart. I can, I can, I can share experiences being doing the child rescue work, building companies, I can share experiences that people can take that information if they choose and apply it in their life in a way that can positively benefit their life. But I'm not, I'm not going to, it's all, it's all there for the taking for free. You guys mm -hmm. can hear me speak. You can, whatever else you can take that information. And I can, I'm, I'm really educated now on raising chickens. <laughs> I'm really educated on what to do, what not to do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really educated on how to freeze dry all of your food. I mean, all of this stuff, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to, to, to do it in a way where I'm taking care of thousands of people. Right. Exactly. Know?
So that's cool. I, I mean, it, it sounded like there was a long, you know, cycle of trying to figure that out, but you figured it out and it, you seem a lot lighter now. Oh, it's, I, it's just had whole this burden load of, off my shoulders. Yeah, 100%. So uh, when you're talking about speaking, the last few months you have been traveling to how many countries to speak? Oh, uh, I think I was in six countries in a week and a half. Six countries in a week and a half. And, and that's not including yeah. all the other ones. I yeah. mean, I was, I was, in fact, um, you know, the one that was back to back to back, I was speaking in Costa Rica there. And what's interesting is they're all totally different groups, mm -hmm. right? So in Costa Rica, it was a group of, of, um, global consciousness leaders together with a group of, of musicians, mm -hmm. but these musicians were ones that were creating music for conscious elevation, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, they're all like, at 432 hertz, you know, mm -hmm. all of this stuff that I don't even understand, but they're, they, they were talking about how a lot of the music today actually creates depression that, mm -hmm. that, that, that back at the time of world war two, there was rumors saying that, that even Nazi Germany was on purpose changing the, the frequency of the music in the U S mm -hmm. to create anxiety and depression. And it never changed back. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, so these are a whole bunch of musicians that were creating new types of music. So it was kind of cool with them. And then I was a keynote speaker the, the last night there. And I, I talked about the child rescue missions and creating a movement and, you know, sharing from your heart, et cetera. It was beautiful. And then literally we had to drive, drive seven hours to the airport because this place was in the middle of nowhere and jump on a plane, fly to Dominican Republic. And I land, we, we get to our hotel at 3 a.m., the next morning, I'm on stage with a group. It's a family office conference, billionaire families, royalty, and 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 real world change makers. Mm -hmm. And so I was a keynote speaker on on how to how to build a legacy and really make a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, not just take your money and say, oh, "I'll buy a new Ferrari," right. but how can you really make an impact? And uh, and so I finished speaking there, and of course, everybody wanted to talk until. Midnight that night, I got back to the hotel. We had to leave at 1 a.m. Mm. to catch a plane at 4 a.m. because we were, again, two hours away from the airport mm -hmm. to catch a 4 a.m. flight so that I could go to Texas and speak to a few hundred real estate um, developers and business owners. And we raised $200,000 mm -hmm. for the foundation just speaking to these guys with huge hearts and then jumped on a plane immediately after that, went to New York, got on mm -hmm. this podcast with this guy with a hundred million followers. So <laughs> yeah. it's like boom, boom, boom. boom. Back to back to back. <laughs> yeah. And what's, what is driving you to do that? When I saw firsthand, when I saw children being sold, mm -hmm. it ignited something in me that will never dim, will never go out. And I committed to do whatever it took to help eradicate that. And, and for a long time, it was Okay, I'm going to go be the savior. I'm going to go rescue these kids and whatever. And I, I've, I've come to a realization that the only way to fix that is to help people change their hearts, help people learn how to rescue themselves, right? How to rescue themselves from their own childhood trauma, et cetera, and change the global, I'm going to call it the global consciousness, you know, raise consciousness as a whole, change, elevate that vibration globally, of us being in this negative divisions that we are right now, but really helping bring people together. And I feel so much energy and excitement in connecting with people who really want to make a difference, who really want to make a change. And so, 
you know, people say, are you tired after that? No, I'm, I, I love it. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm sleeping on airplanes, <laughs> you yeah, know, literally. getting up and speaking and speaking. Mm-hmm. Now I need to take time for myself. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm planning on doing the next, next month mm-hmm. is just unplugging, working on the book and things like that. But I didn't think that if, if I see it as a responsibility, it's draining, mm. right? If, if I, if I take on that same energy that I did while I was, you know, building out the ranch to feed 2000 people or whatever else, then it's super heavy because I'm, I'm feeling, but if I, if I do it out of a space of love that I just absolutely love giving people tools to help change their lives, or I, I absolutely love sharing in a way that, that, that helps people change how they see the world and their motivation and what they can do to make the world a better place. If I can do so from that space, then I have infinite amounts of energy to be able to share. If I do it from a space of responsibility or from a space of, of arrogance that I'm here to help save people, then, mm. then it's draining. Interesting. Yeah. So the perspective and your frame really helps with your ability to just show up and keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Because I mean, since we met at the beginning of this year and you came on the podcast, you have just been nonstop. And you're going and speaking, and then you're also finding ambassadors for your foundation, the Child Liberation Foundation, and you're making connections. And it's not, you know, it's not just one thing. You're doing a dozen things in each country. And it, because uh, I, I was lucky enough to, to travel with you and see the kind of vortex of manifestation. I don't even know what to call it, but this <laughs> fucking tsunami that you create and these movements that you create physically when you're there in person. And then the digital tsunami that you've been creating, creating on everyone's podcast, it seems like every, these subjects, these, the subject matter is something that, and you've said this multiple times, no one wanted to talk about it 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago. Yeah. And the movie is giving people permission to, to talk about this dark subject. Exactly. And so since we last spoke, we, you didn't even know the release date of the movie. I didn't. And then now the movie has hit theaters. And it's a worldwide movement with accumulating, like, what's the total sales now? You know? Well over 250 million in box office sales. And that doesn't include the, the deals that we're doing with, with Amazon and, mm-hmm. and other online prof- other platforms, Streaming et cetera. Platforms. Yeah. Wow. So it's exciting. And, and what, it, what it is, the purpose of the movie and, and, and what I'm seeing right now is it's a, it's, it's a door opener to start having those conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's for for politicians. You know, I've I've been in different countries talking about how to change policy mm-hmm. to to be able to really protect the kids. I can't tell you how many countries have laws in place where if a child is raped or a child is abused or a child is is trafficked, mm-hmm. that child has to go and and tell her story and in in front of the 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 police and then she has to tell it again in front of the prosecutors tell you it's like 15 times that child has to tell the same story and re-traumatize herself wow. in order to get somebody behind bars mm-hmm. that's bad news yeah right so instead saying okay can we can we record her saying it once and have that be good mm-hmm. or can we take the the work of the undercover operators where they have recordings of these perpetrators saying, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm selling these kids for and never have to have that child stand trial. Right. I can't tell you how many of the operations early on, how frustrating it was because I'm, I'm there with, I mean, 
early on in one, one of the countries in Latin America, they said, okay, you know, we've got these traffickers. They brought these 23 kids. The, the prosecutors are requiring that, that, that some of the youngest children actually witness with their own eyes the money changing hands for the sale of them having sex. Wow. And I had to stand there. I literally had to stand there. I had a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old child mm -hmm. that I had to bring to the table to witness the money being changed hands. What the fuck? We have cameras that's showing what's going on. I have to traumatize these children more. Mm -hmm. You know, that stuff pisses me off. 100%. And so going around to these countries and telling them, this is what this is what happened in your country when I was undercover. Mm -hmm. And I, I can now have the credibility where I can stand before Congress and the Senate and the guys mm -hmm. who can change the laws mm -hmm. and say, okay, let me tell you my experience in your country undercover and why we were re-traumatizing these kids because you didn't change this law. Yeah. And so does that surprise you with some of the disorganization of, of these countries and political leaders that are looking for to you as a foreigner? Yeah. For answers. Yeah. Uh, literally, we were we were in another country in Latin America. Mm -hmm. This is a big country with 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 a lot going on there. And the the minister of 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 uh, of the interior, together with the minister of defense, sitting in a room with me mm -hmm. saying, saying, we really don't know how to define trafficking and we don't know what needs you tell us what we need to do and we'll do it. Right. Right. I mean, trafficking has been going on for a long time in their country. Yeah. And, and they haven't they haven't put any resources into figuring out how to define it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I told him this. I said, listen, I said, here's what the problem is. I said, those 23, 24 year olds that are out there mm -hmm. that you are are arresting for for prostitution. Mm -hmm. I said, the majority of them, the majority of them are actually victims. And you don't know that, do you? Mm. No, I don't. It's because they've got pimps. They've got guys that are making money. They've got guys that are controlling them through fear. And so you're arresting the wrong people. You need to figure out who is trafficking those women. You need to find out why they're being controlled through fear. You need to find out where the money is really going, mm -hmm. right? And so, so by, and then, then we talk more about the children, the child stuff, and, and how many political leaders are involved and why, and, and how these wealthy families are silencing everybody because they've got people that are involved. So- yeah, it's it's a big problem, mm -hmm. and and it goes all the way up the chain in every country, and so so the good thing is with the movie is the movie has now created this this movement yeah. where the good people in their country are demanding change, mm -hmm. and so now these political leaders are like, okay, yeah, we we didn't really prioritize this before, you think, yeah. right? And and now they're they're willing to prioritize it because they're getting pressure from their people who have seen the movie saying, fix this. Why weren't they prioritizing something like that? Because too many of them are involved. Mm. I, I really believe that. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes really down to it, and it's not necessarily that they're involved in trafficking itself, mm. it's the fact that there are so many powerful people who have child abuse, sexual abuse in their own families that they want brushed under the rug. Mm. Whether it's them, or their uncle, or what? Nobody wants to talk about it, right? And and when we bring all this stuff to the forefront, now they have to talk about it, mm -hmm. and they're afraid that by talking about child trafficking, that eventually it's going to start talking about the sexual abuse in the homes and that generational trauma, mm -hmm. which is exactly what we need to be talking about, right? So yeah, I had the honor of 
working with you, producing your podcast, helping with your social media strategy and your content for the last, what, six, six, seven months. One of the questions that's asked repeatedly on social media is, you, we're talking about different countries, but what's happening in our country? And the question I want to ask, which you kind of covered with these different countries, with the disorganization, the re-traumatization of stories, maybe let's talk about something a little bit closer to home here in Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some pretty big stuff going on with Tim Ballard and the OUR organization. And I know you more than the average person knows you. So I, I know what's happened. But I think another question that that uh, on top of that would be what happened between you and, and Tim Ballard? Tim and I were really close friends for a while. Mm. Um, you know, I I introduced him to so many people that were, were donating to the foundation um, I helped to fund things in the beginning. We bounced ideas off. I mean, he shared with me early, early on his desire to run for Senate and to run for president and to be high up and maybe profit in the Mormon church or whatever. I mean, he had these, these goals early on. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I'm, I'm, everybody has goals, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't say, oh, that's a bad goal, you know, whatever else. But, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when when you're using donor money mm-hmm. from the foundation to promote your your social image with the goal not of eradicating trafficking but of the goal of becoming in these these political positions etc now i start to have a problem with it mm-hmm. right and so you know I, I made a hard break 5 years ago a little more than 5 years ago with mm-hmm. with tim with operation underground railroad and um, and it's because of that, number one, a lot of the things that you're seeing coming out right now, um, you know, they're, they're, we could we could see yeah. some of that crap. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, I didn't agree with how much of the money that was being put into the foundation, how much of it was going to promote one man's ego and one mm-hmm. company's logo and how little of it was going to the actual rescue or rehabilitation or reuniting with the children with their families it was it was coded as you know awareness 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 well mm-hmm. that's just really vague right mm-hmm. what does awareness mean a 10,000 soccer utah soccer moms with signs saying tim ballard oh you are is that awareness mm-hmm. awareness of what right. right now yes there's a lot more people that are aware of child trafficking today mm-hmm. is it making a difference with a whole bunch of, of soccer moms being aware that things are going in Colombia, no. What would be better mm-hmm. is to put that same thing into okay, U.S. soccer moms. What can you do here in Utah? You know, here's some awareness things that you can identify it, and what can you be doing in your own family to help your kids not only be safe from trafficking, but from the abuse in the home, etc. Mm-hmm. But me and a lot of the other operators left because it wasn't in alignment with what we believed, and what we believed is this is about the kids. It's not about a logo. It's not about an ego. It's not, this is about the kids. This is why I hesitated so much in going public mm-hmm. is because it sickened me mm-hmm. that, that people would use the plight of these children to mm-hmm. bring people into their personal, you know, timballard.com or whatever. I had a mm-hmm. hard time with that. Now, on the other hand, I am so grateful that he brought me into this work. Right. That I was that I was invited to be a part of that first rescue mission and many many others after that, because it transformed my life. 
And just so you know, this is in some ways the old version of me. This is the pot call in the kettle black, right? Mm-hmm. I am I am not, I, I wasn't living a perfect life. I was living 10 years ago when I first met Tim. Mm-hmm. I was in that same arrogant energy. I'll admit it full out right now. I mean, I had a basketball court in my basement and I have these big, huge parties with girls and all this crap, right? But it was, it was this energy of, of conspicuous consumption that a massive transformation happened with me about six years ago that started changing how I saw myself, how I saw other people. And, and that higher level of frequency mm-hmm. in, in myself and how I saw all of that didn't jive with that old version of me and those old friends that were, I was super close with. Yeah. So, yeah, you talked a little bit about that on the, the first time you came on the podcast. Now on the second time I've been exposed to a lot more of the, the content and, you know, the interaction back and forth between a large audience, right? One of the things that I find interesting is how you're making the correlation between how that energy actually matched traffickers energy very closely. Yeah. You know, can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah. I I was expecting something different mm-hmm. when when I saw traffickers. I was I was expecting that these guys are, you know, dressed like the thugs I'd see on the side of the street, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I think, you know, these guys got, you know, dreadlocks and, you know, tattoos, face tattoos. and face tattoos, all mm-hmm. this crap. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know? Some of the nicest people I know have face tattoos, right? I was I was super judgmental back then. What, mm-hmm. What's the guy's name that we met on your thing that had the face tattoos? It was here. Yeah, Winnie the Drew. Winnie, Winnie's <laughs> a rock star. I love yeah. the shit out of him. Yeah, he's right. Awesome. He's got tattoos all over the place. <laughs> the reality is, I was back in the day. I yeah. thought, well, you know, that's the kind of image that I should be looking for. No, it's not. Right. The the first guy I saw that was selling kids was a businessman in a in a polo shirt, and I realized that the common thread mm-hmm. between the traffickers in all these countries that we met, that common thread was arrogance, was an uncontrolled ego, was greed and lust. We, we say, oh, yeah, of course, they're lust and greed. All of us have to take a step back, mm-hmm. look in the mirror mm-hmm. and say, where in my life does arrogance and greed and lust show up in ways that are harming other people? Mm-hmm. Right. I guarantee that anytime those things show up in your life, they're going to harm other people and yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Every single time you, you show me where arrogance in your life doesn't harm somebody else ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, where greed in your life doesn't harm somebody else ever mm-hmm. or lust every single time is going to create harm in the lives of others. Now, yeah. in the cases of the traffickers, it was harm in the lives of these children. But we have to ask ourselves, how how do I show up? Right. Do I show up as a person who's living a life of integrity, who's who who's leading from the heart, who who comes from a place of compassion, or am I leading from a place of arrogance and greed? What I like to say is the difference between arrogance and confidence is self-awareness, right? You're being self-aware to know where you're operating from. Yeah. How do you get that? How did you get that self-awareness? That was a long process. Mm. Because, you know, when you when you um when you achieve the level of success that I was able to achieve with the, you know, the fund as big as I mean, it's a 48 billion today. Now I didn't build it to 48 billion, right? It was like mm-hmm. 20 billion when I left. Mm-hmm. Little number, right? <laughs> Damn, only 20 billion. Yeah, it comes with with the territory of, well, look what I did, look what I did. And I mm-hmm. and I had to take a careful look mm-hmm. at what I did and what I didn't do. 
Mm-hmm. Meaning, yes, John and I were the co-founders. Right. But what were the what were the what was the impact of bringing on people like Don and 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 Rick and I mean all of these other team players and more important than that from a spiritual standpoint I can look at the success of the company and tie it to divine intervention when I was working on the charity work and so you know I've said this before but I think I think God 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 knows that Paul Hutchinson has a propensity to have an ego. Mm. So he wants me to know that I had nothing to do with the growth of a multi-billion dollar company, right? Yeah, yeah. And as I take a careful look at him, I'm like, you're right. You know, mm. all of those big investors and stuff that came in, they 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 were like phone calls because I was working over here really hard and it was it was divine intervention. So that was part of it. But um but a big part for me was a hit over the head with two failed marriages with my kids who hated me because of my failed marriages, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the things that I had done that that created that with wondering whether the women I was dating or even my friends were associating with me because of my checkbook, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not knowing who I could trust because of it. And I, I thought th- these were all things that were super difficult and super heavy on me. And, and it wasn't until I had a, one of my oper- two of my operators, Jimmy and Andy, who said, "Paul, um, you you think you're doing really good? Your life's kind of a disaster." Mm. I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm doing great." <laughs> you know, <laughs> the fuck I mean? <laughs> that's right. And they they uh, they introduced me to the to the world of of a guided meditation mm. plant medicine experience, which for me, you know, some people take twenty years worth of therapy to fix their stuff. I would go into therapists. And I would tell him how cool I was, right? I yeah. literally, I mean, I, and I had a good looking therapist once and I was hitting on her, you know, this is exactly, but she saw right through my bullshit, right? She's like, no, That's and, and, but, but it took, it took hitting me over the head really hard mm-hmm. with, with one of those, those guided meditation plant medicine experiences, mm-hmm. the, the, the journey that, that transformed, I was able to, I was able to feel in every cell of my body, every cell, as if I was my kids, I could feel the pain emotionally that they felt when I, mm. when I cheated on their mom, mm. right? I could feel it. And it was so heavy and it was so dark. And then, then I could, from an empathy standpoint, you know, they, they say you, you don't know somebody until you walk a mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. I was physically in their shoes. With everybody that I had harmed because of my arrogance and my greed and my lust. And and it was so heavy and it was so dark and it was so difficult. And it was so healing mm. to be able to to see that I my future didn't have to be my past, that I could transform how I saw myself and how I saw other people and how I showed up in the world for the world, you know. And, and that was, that was, a, that was a big change. I've been able to witness your, you on stage, right? And you have this uncanny ability to connect with an audience and then take them on a journey through storytelling and communication. And I think one of the most powerful tools you use, and I don't know if this is conscious or unconscious, is vulnerability. And so you show up 
naked, so to speak, on these stages yeah. for everyone to see. Yeah. Did that come from plant medicine? Or did that, what did that, how did you get to a place? I, I, I wasn't vulnerable before, so yes. Mm. You know, they, they say that, you know, if you're nervous on a stage, you know, imagine everybody naked. Mm. Well, I, was, I was never nervous, mm-hmm. but by, by me being naked, yeah. me being vulnerable mm. is, is um, helps me be more human. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I will say this, I, before every time before I go on stage, I take some time and feel, and I didn't do this years in the past, but mm. you know, over the last six, eight months is, is I've really learned how to come from a place of compassion, um, to feel infinite love for everybody there mm. to realize that every single one of them are going through something that is difficult for them. And in fact, um, my nephew has a new, um, a new brand called Sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R. And I guess the world, the word Sonder, it's a clothing line that he has. And, and his, his, uh, it's a, um, an iceberg with a little top of the iceberg with all the big stuff below. And I, the word means, I, I don't remember the details, but something about how every person you meet has so much more below the surface than what's seen on the surface, right? Mm-hmm. They've got this whole story, this whole life, this whole, crap that they're dealing with at home, with their kids, with their finances, with their uncle, with all of this stuff, with their history, as their childhood, all of these things that don't show up on the surface. And if all you do is judge them for that surface, right? You see them for, hey, you know, I'm here, I'm this businessman and whatever else, but, but, and, and, or you judge them for being angry at you or, or, or being frustrated at this, whatever else. If you see that, it's just this little teeny tip of the iceberg. And if you understand that all of them have a complicated life, a lot of history, a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of happiness, a lot of things that they have done to bring them to this place, then, then you'll, you'll really be able to show true compassion and, and connect with them better. In when we were building, um, bridge, mm-hmm. uh, we had a, we had one of our verticals was senior housing mm-hmm. and, and one of the things that our senior housing division did that was so beautiful is that, that outside the door of every single tenant, they would have a, a, uh, a display case in which it would have things representing their life, mm. right? This is, this is a, you know, a medal from when he was in the air force, or this was a picture when he was married because so many people will come and just see this 85 year old that can't talk, that can't wipe his own butt. Right. Right. But if you see that there's so much more to this person than what you see as your, as the nurse is walking in and wiping his drool, right. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And I think, I think that's important for every person that you meet is realize that there is this this showcase that may not be showing right now mm-hmm. that, that there's so much more to them in their history, their pain, their happiness, their accomplishments that aren't showing right now, then you can truly learn how to connect with them. Where's, is there something that's, that's coming to mind or something in your heart, you know, that, that connects you to that? I just remember being in the old folks home mm. with some of those people. And how special of experience that was, because mm. because we were 
you know, we were in the, the cafeteria area and they were eating and, you know, having a hard time, you know, because half of them had teeth and whatnot. But then walking down the hall mm. and seeing these display cases with stuff about their life. Right. And it was really touching because, you know, just in the, the you know, out there in the, the cafeteria, all you see is a bunch of old guys that are there can barely talk. But then you realize there's, there's, there's a beautiful, beautiful history. And I believe that part of liberating humanity mm -hmm. is having each one of us see each other in that light, seeing each other for the pain that they've gone through, for the joy that they've created, for the accomplishments that aren't out there in, pu in public in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, if we can, if we can see each other and honor each other for that, instead of seeing all these differences and hating each other for whatever, it, there's, there's so much that we can celebrate each other for. I think that that's super healing. What do you want your legacy to be? It's a hundred years you've yeah. left the earth. I, um, I think that if I think about it in terms of my legacy, then I'm actually thinking about it wrong. Mm. You know, um, this is why I was pushing back against going public. I, I said, can it just be about the message mm. and not the messenger? Because I don't, I don't need people to be saying, you know, Paul Hutchinson, he's my hero. No. I'm not anybody's hero. You be your own hero, right? You, you, you look in the mirror and see the man, the woman that you can be. Transform what needs to be transformed and be the hero to your kids. Be the hero to that 10-year-old inside of yourself who's stuck there, who's broken because of the things that happen, right? That's, that's what I want. The, the, the worst thing that could have happened with Sound of Freedom movie is a whole bunch of people going out and saying, oh, we've got a rescuer. We've got a hero. He's going to rescue the kids. Oh, hell, Tim. No, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's wrong on all fronts, no matter whether it's Tim, myself, Sean, anybody, it doesn't matter. They're, all of us can come together. We can, we can see that and we can see the plight of the children mm -hmm. and we can say, okay, yes, this is something we all can get involved with. But the very second that we play in that savior energy, mm -hmm. it's in the wrong place, right? We, we, Donald Trump isn't your savior, guys. Can I tell you? <laughs> He's not gonna fix shit, right? And Tim Ballard's not your savior. And, mm -hmm. and, and Biden's not, nobody, we're not gonna look to all of these guys that are gonna fix our world for us, mm -hmm. right? We, we've, got to, we've got to take the reins ourselves. Mm -hmm. We've got to decide what kind of life we want to live. We need to change our own hearts. And, and in doing so, we can start to create a global change, but it's not going to happen with just one guy being your hero. And so from a legacy standpoint, mm -hmm. I hope I'm not mm. that hero that saves the world because that's not what I want to be. What I want to do is, is help millions and millions of people open up their eyes, open up their minds, open up their hearts and, and look inward The 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 i have some books that i'm putting together right now i have i have one on some of the rescue stories i'm going to have a whole series mm -hmm. that because that, i've done what 70 missions right there's a lot there to work with i'm going to do some on 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 
financial freedom and business freedom as well, because there's a lot of experience there. But I'm putting that information out so people can internalize it and see how they can apply it in their own lives. Mm -hmm. I have one that I'm working on that's about turning inward and listening, listening to what you already have, that still small voice of truth. And every person is born with it. The problem is, is that if we if we're living this life totally out of integrity, mm -hmm. then then the energy that is resonating with us is the wrong energy. Okay. And and once we once we align ourselves with the man, woman of integrity that we really want to be, once we are really truly grounded in and 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 gone through that dark night of the soul that we all need to go through to fix ourselves at that point now we're resonating at the right frequency mm -hmm. and when we're resonating at that frequency then we can start to listen and that information coming from the universe god your higher self whatever you want to call it will come and help direct your life in a place that is for your truly your highest good so that's what my goal is is to just give people tools to be able to heal, to be able to expand and be able to create a life of, of abundance financially, emotionally, spiritually, and always. Mm. And you're doing it, right? So with liberating humanity right now, you are liberating people from the bonds of their trauma. You're liberating them from the bonds of their suppressed emotions and you know, human experience. And child liberation, your foundation, you're eradicating child trafficking. So can you catch us up on what you've been up to for the last, you know, six months since the last episode, the movies drop, hit box, you know, global success. Mm -hmm. um, you've been traveling. What, what's, what are you guys putting in place? You know, cause you're doing a lot. You bet. So for a long time, the child liberation foundation, you can go to liberatechildren.org mm -hmm. and, and get information on how to keep your kids safe. And you can get involved in a lot of different things. There's a lot of things you can do to get involved mm -hmm. for a long time. The child liberation foundation was, Technically, it was my own money that mm -hmm. was funding rescue missions. We, mm -hmm. we had a few donors and stuff with some different different uh, fundraisers that we did, but but it was funding the 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 missions to rescue mm -hmm. the kids and some of the rehabilitation, et cetera. Now, because I'm not doing undercover work and a lot of my team is is public as well, we're we're still funding some missions. We still have some operators that are taking down pedophile networks and stuff. These are other foundations that we're funding. Um, a lot is going into creating um, resources, creating programs, not only for the safe houses for the children, but resources for the schools, resources for different governments in, 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 uh, uh, that they can, they can be translated into different languages that are helping to, to spread awareness of what trafficking is, mm -hmm. but more importantly, from a healing standpoint. So... They, they put together something called uh, liberating wings, which is, you know, like the angel wings and stuff. And, and in the beginning, they were, they were looking at some projects that would expand physical wings on these safe houses. Now it's more, more resources is into the, the tools, the tools in, in uh, doing videos and audio stuff that can be shown that the kids can, can learn breath work and, and meditation and, 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 uh, art therapy and music therapy, et cetera. So we're teaming up with all of these, these huge influencers that have tools already in that in, in place and, and customizing them so that we can use them in helping to heal the kids. So that's what, 
the Child Liberation Foundation is doing. I'm, I'm uh, uh, when I speak, um, and I'm, I'm in high demand now. There's a lot of people that want to hear the stories of the rescues, et cetera. We charge a minimum of $25,000, but that doesn't come to me. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a $25,000 donation to the Child Liberation Foundation. Wow. And, uh, and sometimes we even have them put a little QR code behind me while I'm speaking. And mm-hmm. that's raising, you know, 50,000, a hundred thousand, $200,000 the other day mm-hmm. in one of the events that I spoke at coming into the foundation, which mm-hmm. is just beautiful to see. And so, and that money is going to create more programs and more healing, et cetera. Yeah. You, we've glazed over that now twice, but it, I was there. So it was, it was incredible. You, like the fact well, that right. you were on stage for that's 45 right. minutes <laughs> and you had a timer and you're, you're, t- you're telling the stories and sharing the mission of child liberation foundation. And in the 45 minutes, the ticker went up to, you know, 175,000 and there's another $30,000 in written checks the energy in the room and everybody you had this collective effervescence that's the right word which is generally what happens in this generally happens in you know in religious contexts where your your preachers up there you know you're going uh-huh. to church and everyone's clapping and everyone's singing and you're you guys are harmonizing in energy collective mm-hmm. effervescence but in that case it was completely targeted and pointed towards child liberation foundation and eradicating child trafficking and it was phenomenal and that'll probably be the smallest amount you raise over the coming years um, when you're sharing the message and and connecting with these these larger audiences and um when you're listening to twenty five thousand is very cheap for for paul and get book him fast before it becomes exactly (laughs) as my guys were saying you said you need to raise it to a hundred and i'm like okay because it's all it's all for good yeah. You know, and, and, um, you know, in the future, it won't all go into the foundation right now. It all is, but in the future, our, our goal is to have, have, uh, have a, a speaking fee coming into liberating humanity, mm-hmm. which is, which is a for-profit, mm-hmm. but it's a for-profit that's benefiting the, the, the nonprofit. So mm-hmm. liberating humanity is investing in, in healing retreats. It's investing in different, uh, it, it invested, uh, hundred thousand dollars just recently into a group called aria which is has a has a speaking platform they have they have online um, seminars they have masterminds and they have different healing retreats that they're doing etc so you know i'm 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 finding things that are helping to contribute Mm -hmm. to liberating humanity and liberating humanity that's that's the you know we've got the child liberation foundation with the kids liberating humanity is a is a bigger picture that involves us as adults mm. right it's the fact that the only way that we're going to eradicate child trafficking is we've got to all look in the mirror yep. and say what am i doing in my life that's contributing to that and we we may say oh i'm not i'm not i'm not looking at child porn i'm not going guess what if you operate from a place of anger and greed and fear and arrogance and let's say, for example, that you're a boss mm-hmm. and you go to work and uh, and you're operating from that negative energy and that negative energy flows to some of your employees, mm-hmm. right? And you're yelling at them or you're treating them like shit, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then that employee who maybe already was in a dysfunctional relationship and he's alone now and now he's addicted to pornography and and, and maybe he he needs to have a fix to be able to deal with all of your bullshit, right? right? So he's at home trying to have a fix to deal with your bullshit. Now he's looking at child porn, right? So, so yes, even though you had nothing to do, quote, quote, mm-hmm. with, with 
him looking, yes, you did, right? By, by playing in that same arrogant, greed, negative energy, it, it's, it's trauma transfer in some way, mm-hmm. right? And so, so we all have to say, what am I doing in my life that is, that is adding to all of this collective consciousness that is, that is enabling war, child trafficking, child abuse, et cetera? the shift of everything you're doing, right? So the eradicating child trafficking, the liberating humanity, what, what time do you have a timeline? You think that like you guys are going to really make chunk, you know, make progress in these huge global missions. Yeah. Is that a 10 year timeline? No, 50 it's, year, it's, 100 years? It's way, it's way sooner. I, I, I really believe that the world is ready. Okay. Okay. The world is ready for, uh, a global transformation. Mm-hmm. It's ready. There, everybody can feel it, right? Yep. Everybody can feel it. There's, there's a shift. There's a shift that we're right on the edge of right now. And I'm just a, a little part of pushing us through that shift. Mm-hmm. You know, this shift is this new earth, you know, this isn't a, you know, a new world order as these guys are trying to force this, this, this global control. No, this is a, this is an entirely gl- this is an entirely new earth from what I see, mm-hmm. right? This is a, this is a, a world where, where millions, billions of people are breaking free. There is global slavery to get today with all of us. We are, we are all slaves to, to our social media. We're slaves to this, this control over every part of our lives that we think, oh, I've got all this freedom. Do you really, right? right. We're, we're slaves to a system of just in just in time food delivery and everything else we mm-hmm. we we're living a we live in a world where this earth can provide enough food for everybody to have 100x what they could ever eat mm-hmm. right but we we've backed ourselves into this system of control and we're we're we've got we've got big media we've got big hollywood we've got big pharma we've got big oil we've got big mm-hmm. government we've got all of these these entities mm-hmm that are not interested in in us truly healing and truly having freedom you know there there was technology discovered back at the time of nikola tesla that could provide free energy to the world but that would that would stand in the way of the greed and the arrogance of the of of big oil companies right mm. there are there are modalities today that allow all of us to to heal our bodies free of all the big pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. right? But all the all the all the opioids, all this crap out there that people are addicted to, yeah. right? There are ways that you can overcome your anxiety and depression today mm-hmm. without being addicted to Prozac and Xanax for the rest of your life, right? But those things stand in the way of the arrogance and greed of big pharma, mm-hmm. right? And so, so part of part of this transformation is billions of people waking up yeah. to the fact that that this division between people is being orchestrated by government why because there's a lot of money that comes when we're at war with each other there's a lot of control that can happen yep. when we live in fear mm-hmm. right and so by 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 having this narrative that we live in fear fear of each other yeah. fear of a of a fake pandemic fear of all this stuff if we're living in that level of fear then we're easier to control, right? And and people are feeling it, and they're sick and tired yep. of this of this oppression. Mm-hmm. And so I believe the answer to your question. I believe yep. within the next 
12 to 24 months, we're going to see we're going to see a lot of changes. Mm. Unfortunately, I think that there's there's going to be changes that are going to create civil unrest to the point where it's going to really bring people to their knees. Mm-hmm. But in coming to their knees, they're going to realize that that they've been lied to by their doctors, lied to by their politicians, lied to by their church leaders, right. lied to by their parents sometimes, and they're going to be looking for truth. And they're going to realize that the way to find truth is right here. Mm. And and when they realize that and they turn to God, they turn to their their higher self, they turn to that divinity within themselves, then then the world will start to heal. So when you're saying all of this, it it's yeah, it's a paradigm shift. What what would you say to the leaders out there? Maybe the politicians that aren't so politician-y. I don't think that's a word, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The more conscious politicians, the more conscious, let's say, business owners. The individuals that hear you and feel you and understand that's truth. Yeah. What can they start doing to make, you know, to be the change they that we want to see in this world? I think number one mm-hmm. is is live a life of impeccable integrity yourself mm-hmm. so that you can't be blackmailed in your position. Wow. I can't tell you how many politicians that that we all think have our have our best interest in mind that when we voted them in mm-hmm. actually did actually did have our best interest in mind they were they were out there for the people but unfortunately the guys who are really running the show mm-hmm. i mean if you think that jeffrey epstein was an independent guy and didn't have guys who are really running him that you you've got another thing coming right, right. there there if you can get that level of blackmail mm-hmm. on people Mm-hmm. on a on a on a judge on a on a on a senator mm-hmm. on a congressman if you get that level of blackmail you control their vote forever mm-hmm. right this is why we don't have the list right this is why we don't know who all was there and what they were doing there etc because they need to leave those people in power positions in leadership positions so that they can be controlled and so if you are a good politician and you don't have blackmail on you already mm-hmm. Continue to live your life with impeccable integrity so people don't have that blackmail on you. And if they try to blackmail you, mm-hmm. pull an Elon Musk with them, mm-hmm. right? He's sitting there saying, really? Mm-hmm. You, Disney, and others are trying to blackmail me with money? Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Yeah. right? I, I love that he went straight there. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm telling you what, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to look deeper at guys like Disney, right? And figure out what their real agenda is, mm-hmm. right? What are they trying to do to take you away from the fundamental values that are holding our families together, that's holding our nation together? There is, there is power yep. in, the, in the, the, the sanctity of marriage. There is power in a family that has the divine feminine and the divine masculine together for the kids, right? And yeah. there's, there's an elevation of consciousness that can happen individually with yourself, with your spouse, et cetera, when you understand how that, how that divine intimacy really works, right? Well, there's no more, there's no, nothing more powerful than the family and there's, there's no. nothing more sacred. Absolutely. And so the last, the last stand we have against the powers that be that clearly, clearly don't have our best interests in mind. They don't care about our health. They don't care about, you know, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. 
that's just not a priority. That's not right. in any any context of the rat race. And I sum up the rat race with everything you said, big media, big pharma, the bigs, right? Yeah. None of that. They, they don't produce products or foods that are healthy. We get it. And so the last fortress that you have is the family unit. Because at the end of the day, as long as you have your your partner beside you and your kids on the same page, it's very hard to control the family unit. So it makes sense that they're coming after it. Yeah. Well, so, and you, you see it way back, you know, even when we were kids. Uh-huh. You know, you look at the you you look and read between the lines with with movies like Pinocchio or mm-hmm. or or uh, or Peter Pan. Yeah. Right. Yep. They're promoting pedophilia. Mm-hmm. They're prom- promoting trafficking. There, there's a lot. There's a lot when you can read between the lines as to what this this mass psychosis is all about mm-hmm. in controlling how we think, how we feel, how we how we raise our kids, etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean. Me now with a media and ex- pretty extensive media background, getting a lot of attention uh, on social media and knowing how to grab attention on social media and get views and all that stuff. I didn't realize how powerful the media was. I didn't realize that there's real psyops, psychological warfare. And this stuff has been happening, if not for for decades, centuries. Like we're, we're talking a slow drip of deciding and making people subservient. Right. So this this is something that I would I want to ask you. The ultimate threat isn't blackmail. The ultimate threat is you are wiped off the face of the earth and everyone you loved is wiped off the face of the earth. And so in theory, we can kind of trail all the whistleblowers, the people that kind of stand against the establishment and actually have any power to do that. But they inevitably uh, overdose. I mean, without any, you know, abuse or addiction. You know what I mean? Like this is a reoccurring or they off themselves is kind of the reoccurring narrative. And so there's a cultural zet guys. There's this, you know, there's this kind of understanding with everybody, whether you're, uh, you know, Fortune 100 or 500 CEO, or you're an employee at Smith's, you know, at a grocery store, who kind of knows when you go against these powers, you know, there's a chance that you are not no longer going to be on this planet. But the 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 on the opposite side of that despair coin or that coin of despair is if a, if tens of thousands of people stand up right now. That it wouldn't it wouldn't be possible. Yeah. So what you're seeing now with the advertisers and the Elon Musks and the Dana Whites and the Tucker Carl, Carl, Carlson yeah. saying, "Don't give me your money. Like, yeah. You don't tell me what to do with my own digital IP. Don't tell me what to do or what to say if it's not on your agenda. And that's okay. But you're investing in my on my platform. You're investing in my products. This is my decision. What tools, how do you tell somebody have the courage to stand in the face of life or death? Well, because you're doing it every day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're doing it every you know, day. I'm gonna go back to to uh, one of my favorite movies, right? Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Where where he's there and they're they're like, you know, he's I see before me, you know, are you here to fight? They're no, we're gonna run and we will live. Mm-hmm. And he said, right? Run, you may fight, you may die. Mm-hmm. Run, you may live. Run, you'll live for a while. And many years from now, when you're all laying in your beds, would you give every day from this day till that for one chance to come back here and tell our enemies they may take our lives, but they will not take our freedom, right? We have to be that kind of people. We have to be able to all of us stand up and say, no, this is tyranny. You're censoring what I can say. What about the First Amendment? That thing got thrown away a long time ago. 
You know, I have all the time I'm getting censored. My wife just showed me yesterday. She said, I posted one of your things here on, on my, my Facebook and it got censored for, for, for violating their standards. Violating their standards? I'm teaching people how to keep their kids safe, right? I'm violating what standards? And so, so yes, if, if, if only one person tries to stick his head up, then yeah, it might get chopped off. You have 10,000. If you have a million, you have, there are so many good people in this country and globally who are not part of that establishment, who are not part of that global elite, who are not interested in that degree of, of censorship and control overall. And they want to just raise their families in peace. And if, if all they do is sit down and, and, and stick their heads in the sand, guess what? Somebody's going to come and chop that neck off because you're not even looking around. But if we all stand together mm -hmm. and we stand up and say, no, we're not going to allow this crap anymore to be, to be dictating our lives, our children's lives. You know, really, there, there's laws that are being passed in certain, certain states that, that give the authority of the, the, the administrators at the school to mm -hmm. decide on medical procedures for your third grader mm -hmm. that will override the parents' decisions, really. Okay, we've got a problem, guys. Yep. And, and too many people are sitting back saying, oh, I don't want to say anything. We all need to say something or we're going to lose it. One we're going to lose it all. One of the um, many, many verticals that you could touch on, right? Uh, I'll give you an example. So Hulu, 75% of their advertising uh, dollars. So like, you know, who they advertise, do you know what they advertise on their streaming platform? Uh -oh, what? Pharmaceutical drugs. Wow. 75% wow. of all of the money that they make from advertisers comes from big pharma. When I, when I see this stuff, right? Like when I, as a, as a producer of, of small or, or podcasts, and I wouldn't say small globally, we're in the top 10%, most of them that I produce and yours is in the top 2%. So I wouldn't say small. But one of my bigger visions is to create a media network and then only bring on advertisers, even if the advertisers can't afford what it would cost to get the views and the attention that my network will bring. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to, to lower those prices for the right brands, the right products, the, right, the people with the right vision to, to perpetuate the, the future that we want to see, the more beautiful future that we want to see. You also are partnering with some pretty big streaming platforms. So if you were to direct the attention of the audience and say, hey, maybe stop supporting these platforms that are perpetuating an agenda that will lead to, the, to becoming more subservient or more docile or relinquishing your, your freedom to these bigger conglomerates, mm -hmm. what would you point the audience to? Unified TV. So a good friend of mine, Jason. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he, uh, came from a family of wealth. He was part of a family office. And he said to his brothers and his cousins, his dad, you know what? I'm going to take my part of the money. And I'm going to, I'm going to do good in the world. I'm going to wow. break this, uh, this system of control with all of these, these networks, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put money into that and, and, and develop it out and bring truths that everybody else is trying to silence. Mm -hmm. So absolutely any, and, and. You know, what's beautiful about the, the world we live in now is, you know, you were pointing this out to me the other day, the most, the most powerful man in America isn't, isn't the president. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's Joe Rogan, right? Yep. The, the number of eyeballs that he gets yep. exceeds the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. right? 
So people who have that kind of audience mm-hmm. have a responsibility to do their research, to find out what is good for the world, what isn't, what, what these big pharma and big government, et cetera, is trying to cram down our throats and speak truth to the world. Now, unfortunately, we've seen some, some you know, people with big audiences and stuff get compromised, mm. you know, and, and you know, you know, when, when somebody gets compromised, either somebody's got some dirt on them, they've got some blackmail, they're going to, they say they're going to, you know, kill their daughter, whatever yep. it is, you know, and, and I had this conversation with my family. Mm-hmm. I sat down with my wife and my daughters and, and we were like, listen, we're, we're, we're going to be going public. This, this could be potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we all feel about this? And it was a unified decision. No, we're, we're going to travel with you. We're going to be there. We're going to be public because this is why we're here. This is why we're here. And, and for better or worse, we believe that, that, that there's a higher power that, that has our backs. And when it's time for me to go, it's time for me to go. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be for a very long time. But if I get hit by a train tomorrow, then great. I'm going to be in a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. But between now and then, I'm going to live every single day with intention, with purpose, and continue to find platforms mm-hmm. that we're not going to be censored on, that we're not going to have our, our message stifled. Yeah, I'm surprised just that you haven't been censored so far. Like you're still going, <laughs> you're still going and growing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting because I don't think we can have these discussions like first, first off, I just want to point or, or point your awareness while you're listening to this and watching or and or watch, watching this is that Paul is not a conspiracy theorist. Paul is not a, you know, uh, a quack with a tinfoil hat that smokes too much, you know, weed and lives in his mom's basement. You know, like <laughs> he's telling you stuff from the highest vantage point. So his perspective comes from signals that the. 99% of the population will never have and could never have. So like take that with as much weight as what I said. Like that is that's heavy. Yeah. You know, when you say that it's it makes it very visceral for most people, it makes it really real. So we're, I we're, I believe yeah, this this is a crazy goal. Okay. It's a crazy goal. You ready for my goal? Yeah. Okay. This is this isn't like hey, look at me goal, but this is I believe that the world is ready for this message. So much do I believe it that mm-hmm. that that within the next two months, mm-hmm. we will surpass over a billion total views. Wow. Okay. Because we're, we're at what, 350 million total views across all platforms, mm-hmm. all, the, all the podcasts we've been on. There's a couple recent ones that are 100 million mm-hmm. person views, yeah, right? Yeah. You take those, you yep. take the momentum that's coming from those, et cetera. I think that within the next few months, uh-huh. we'll, we'll take our 350 and triple that mm-hmm. and, and hit a total of a billion views, okay. which, is, which is cool. I believe that that number is going to be a 10x in the next six months. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. So yeah. it's, it's because the world is ready, mm-hmm. because there's going to be enough crap that's going on out there that people are going to be going, I need to, need to find something that I can hold on to that I can move forward with in my life that, that's not lying to me. Yeah. Right? And we're going to be talking a lot about, about how to do that, how to listen. Yeah. And you're going to be building out platforms and education platforms and different things, mm-hmm. providing resources, right? And these views are not Paul Hutchinson views. No. This is this is liberating humanity, mm-hmm. right? This is this is bringing on other speakers, other other teams, other other podcasters, etc. But this is about is about the mission, yeah, of liberating humanity from 
helping them, liberating humanity. This is them liberating themselves. This isn't me, right? Yeah. Liberating themselves from their addictions, their addictions mm -hmm. to pornography, their addictions to alcohol, their addictions to their trauma of their past. This is this is all that just breaking free from that. And their addictions to all the big pharma crap that is that is that is destroying their bodies and destroying their relationships. Yeah. So it's yeah. true. It's true. The stats don't lie. You know, I, I think it was like something like 92% of people or 82% of people are metabolically unfit. The the health crisis specifically in the United States is insanity. Yeah. If without a healthy vessel, how can you think clearly? Without yeah. thinking clearly, how can you make the right decisions? You know? Mm -hmm. And then you know, we have, I mean, we have a circle of people that, uh, friends and family that can afford organic and and you know, the healthiest products in the fucking world, but still choose garbage. Yeah. Like you just cannot comprehend how deep the indoctrination or the brainwashing is. Yeah. It's like like the the branding and marketing is so good that when you are a health conscious individual, you are actually a lunatic in our culture. Yeah. You're a health quack. You're a granola nut. Like you can't actually like, you are now perceived as the person who's actually making the the clear distinction between real and fake is now looked upon as if they are fucking insane wow. or crazy yeah. or belong in a loony bin. Yeah. And that the person that is making decisions where the molecular structure of their food is closer to plastic than actual food is smart or somehow <laughs> gaming the system because they're saving two dollars because it's non-organic or they're saving money because they're not sourcing from it's fucking great marketing yeah that's what it is yeah it's so good and now the goal is to switch that entire paradigm and you're doing it slowly <laughs> so slowly but fast exactly. slow but fast yeah exactly and 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 i think that you know it's you know, we got a lot of momentum from the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 global. It's doing super well everywhere, and um, and now people are saying, okay, wow, these are all things that that I didn't know about. What else do I not know about? Mm -hmm. And 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 what do I need to do to fix this and fix all this crap in our life? So, I think the world's ready. Yeah. I, I unfortunately, I believe that the um, that the war in 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 the Middle East is not is not going to be contained there. I, I I I I think we all need to be very aware that there's a potential for expansion of that. And unfortunately there's a desire for expansion of that. War makes money. War allows them to implement more levels of control upon you. You know, there's there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense for the global elite to expand that. And we need to all be aware of the the very real possibility and what we need to do to just just keep safe in in, in a world that is going to be increasingly more dangerous. Mm. That's what's something I want to ask you. You have a pulse on on multiple countries because you're actually traveling to these countries. What is the ge geopolitical landscape? What is it like to travel to India to Thailand? Has have you noticed anything that you didn't notice in the last decade? You know, is there something different? I, I will say this because um, <laughs> I've. I, I get to know the people, people, yep. you know, and um, globally, 99% of the people in every country just want to raise their family, mm. be happy, put food on their table, live a healthy life, pursue their dreams, right? 
it's this 0.01 percent mm-hmm. that are that are filled with this arrogance and greed that want to control and expand and and create pain and war and contention, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, so many of them are are listening to this propaganda of division, mm-hmm. right? There's there's so much that's being put out, especially you know in in what you're seeing in in Israel and in, in, in Gaza Strip, et cetera. There's there's been thousands of years of 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 division that's been taught to to each generation we should hate them because we should hate them because or we're better than them because and you know they're they've got a different color skin they have a different religion they have different beliefs they whatever else and so of course we should kill them because this is this is horrific there's been more people killed in the name of god Mm. in the name of religion than everything else combined Mm. and so we have to we have to take a step back and say if my God is telling me that I'm better than others and I should destroy the lives of others is what God am I listening to? Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and how do I need to change that paradigm about God, about religion, about myself, about people around me in order to have a better world? I, I think we're on the cusp mm-hmm. of, of, of great tribulation, which will very quickly lead to, a thousand years of peace. I think most religions have got that right, and mm-hmm. we're there, and we're going to see it. We're going to see it in our lifetime. Wow! And uh, and so, um, but I think we're right on the edge mm-hmm. of that quote tribulation time of that that global unrest of that uh, the wars that we're going to see everywhere, and it's going to affect all of us. You know, we sit back and say, "Oh, I'm sitting here and." pretty Salt Lake City, it's not going to affect me. Yes, it is. Mm. It's going to affect all of us. And we all need to be aware of that. And, and we need to, we need to have a solid foundation mm-hmm. from, from a relationship with ourselves, a relationship with our families, with our moral compasses. We have to have a solid foundation to be able to handle what's coming mm-hmm. and to be then be a part of this, this, this thousand years of peace. I don't think God's going to come back and slip his, flip his fingers and say, you guys all be nice to each other, right? We've got to figure that out between now and then. Mm-hmm. And that's what the goal is. Now we could spend another two hours talking about that. How to, get, <laughs> how to build a strong foundation to get ready for that, for the tribulation and the time of war. Um, I think lastly, just to kind of echo what you said, there's some really smart people that are not me, but uh, that talk about, you know, wars don't, aren't just, you know, physical gunfights. You can have wars with trade, which is we experience trade a trade war with our with the East, right? Um, we're in an information war. Information right war, right? Yeah, we're we're right on the front mm-hmm. lines. You and I mm-hmm. on the front lines of an information war right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and we've been going through it for yeah. years. So if it, it seems like a far stretch for some of you guys to think that we're in World War Three, I don't think we're just getting into it or it hasn't come yet. I think we've been in it yeah. in different, maybe less apparent ways. And so, yeah, getting a strong foundation is important. Um, I want to end, I want to end with just saying I'm honored to know you and uh, thank you for giving me the chance to work closely with you for the last, you know, six or so months. And it's been amazing and I'm excited to see what this next, next few years brings. If you had any idea, mm-hmm how much I love and respect you Mm. and how grateful I am that you 
chose me as somebody that you could help take this message to the world. I, 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 I get emotional just thinking about how much I appreciate you mm. and how much I respect you for how you think, how you operate, how you, how you understand this world. Cause I don't know it, you know, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I don't know this world of social media, but you do. And you've done, done a fantastic job. And not only that, but how much I respect you for the man that you are. Mm. You, you are a man of integrity. You mm. operate from, from the, you've gone through your dark night of the soul. Mm. You fixed your shit mm -hmm. and you speak truth and you bring people onto your shows to, to spread good. Mm -hmm. You know, to make a positive impact in the lives of others. That's what you're doing every single day. Mm -hmm. And if you knew how many people's lives have been changed mm -hmm. because of the fact that you're using your gifts and your talents to bring these messages to the world, I think it would, it would make you very emotional to see the lives that you have changed. So honor you. Mm -hmm. I honor you for who you are. And I'm super grateful. I appreciate that. I received that. I'm not really good with that type of stuff. So, <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Where uh, where can people find you? Um, or where you do can, you want to direct people? Yeah, you can. Uh, all of my social media is is liberating.humanity. Mm. So liberating. You can just type in liberating anywhere in the world. This is super cool. I'm I'm anywhere in the world. They can type in liberating and boom, I pop up first. Let's go. Right. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so liberating humanity on all the social media you can follow me there um you can go to liberatinghumanity.com you know no dot in the middle there just liberatinghumanity.com and mm -hmm. and get links to all the different podcasts that we've been on and and get some tools that you can use to help uh direct your your life and heal and and some 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 cool self-defense things that we're putting on there mm -hmm. now uh, really cool stuff there or if you want to get involved directly with the Child Liberation Foundation and donate there or help there, you can go to liberatechildren.org and uh, we'd love to have your help at a $25 a month or $100 a month or a dollar a month or just figure out how to be an, a global ambassador and, and help spread the message. So I'd love to, love to be involved. And if you have, if any of you have platforms, you've got mm -hmm. a connection with Joe Rogan, you've got a connection mm -hmm. with some of these big podcasters, these big, big voices, then, then reach out to us. You can reach out directly to, to Josh, and and you can you can even do a form submission on the thing or on my social media. You mm -hmm. know, we have guys checking that as well, and we'd love to be able to have your help and connect and share and expand this message to the world. You want to close out with the closing message? I'll end it with this. You know, people leave the the movie Sound of Freedom. They say, okay, what can I do? You know, I want I want to go help. I want to I want to go rescue kids. Whatever else, what can I do? The worst thing you can do is go be a Rambo. Go down to Honduras and go try to rescue kids. You're going to get shot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't go down to Honduras <laughs> without any security detail. <laughs> you will get shot. We've been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the best thing you can do is go home and hug your kids mm -hmm. and have a relationship with them where they can very comfortably come to you and tell you things that are going on in their life. You know, if, if they, if, if something happened at school, if something happened at the uncle's house or the cousin's house, whatever. And having that healthy, healthy relationship with your children is, is going to go so far in, in preventing that abuse to happen in your own home. Mm -hmm. And, and from, from, from trafficking as well, you know, that uh, many of these kids come from broken homes, from runaways and 
a broken foster care program, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. so uh, if we can help heal that generation, we can heal the world. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you only help two people heal this year and they help two more, it's 33 years until we hit 8 billion people. If you help 10 people heal this year and they help 10, 10 more, it's just a handful of years before we hit 10 billion people or 8 billion people. So we can help heal the world. We can raise, elevate that consciousness of humanity. If we, if we all look in the mirror, change, change how we, we see ourselves, how we see other people. Yeah. All things are possible if you believe. So thank you again for coming on. You're the first guest I've had that's been on twice now. Boom. So last Look at me. <laughs> um, if you guys found any value today, like, share, subscribe. You feel so compelled. Go to his social media profiles. Go to liberatinghumanity.com. Go to Child Liberation Foundation. Keep an eye on what they're doing and, and get involved if you feel called. And, and that's the way that you want to go about it. But uh, until next time, guys, peace.